Your knowledge is only unique when you pair it with your personal experience. Hi, everyone, and thank you again for listening into yet another episode of Speak with Clarity, Confidence, and Charisma. I'm your host, Connie Lee Bennett, and in today's podcast, we're joined by the amazing Alex Brookman, who's going to be speaking to us about how a lot of the times as speakers, we don't know why we are speaking. We haven't created a an identity and we're framing ourselves in a very in an incorrect way. So make sure that you grab a piece of paper and pen and stay tuned if you want to find out how you can find your groove as a speaker. So welcome Alex and thank you so much for joining us today. I know that I'm super excited to find out about how I can find my groove <laughs> because I know that today you're sharing with us how to find your groove. So I'm I'm intrigued to find out why is this topic important for you? Like what is finding your groove? What's your journey being <laughs> in finding your groove? Thanks for having me, Connie Lee. Um, I think finding my groove was one of the issues that I always struggled with um, because I never knew what my groove was. Um, when I talked to people that um, had found their groove, meaning that that had found a job that they truly loved and that made them wake up in the morning all fired up and excited to go to work. I was always kind of envy, if that makes sense, that I hadn't found that yet. Um, so once I had found it, um, I totally understood what 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 people were talking about when they when they used the term that they found their groove. And, and what it stands for me today is just to be able to do work that feels right, that is on purpose, that creates the impact that I want to see in the world, and that it truly helps the people that I work with. And um, finding my groove is something that is important, not only in work, but actually, especially in life, especially when you are an entrepreneur or when you run a business, mm -hmm. um, because work is such an important part of your life. So for me, it's not work-life balance. I always talk about work-life integration. And um, when, you, when you aim to achieve that, finding your groove truly matters in everything that you do. I love that you're saying work-life integration because it, it really is about finding that flow, isn't it? And, and it seems, I can hear that speaking is part of your flow. Would you say that you found your groove in speaking, in you know, um, in a different type of speaking opportunities? I think I am still finding it. Um, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm way more advanced than I was like maybe five years ago when it comes to finding my groove. I'm not necessarily talking about being more advanced as a speaker. I'm really more talking about being more on purpose being more in sync with what I talk about and how I do it than I, than I used to be. It's less a skill topic. It's more a mindset topic, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I really resonate with what you're saying, Alex, because, you know, you, you were telling me that one of the biggest problems that we have as speakers is that we often make up, you know, we, we, we don't really know how to approach the different types of categories because, you know, maybe we're too much in that space of, of the mind. Like I need to be a good speaker or I need to speak at this type of event or I need to say this particular thing rather than focusing on 
who I'm being when I'm on stage. Yeah, Would you say totally that that's right. our biggest problem? It's it's certainly one it's certainly one of the biggest problems. Yes, um, and it it comes from in my experience it comes from not knowing why we actually want to speak. Mm. Um, the, the the deeper reason why we stand on a stage can be extremely different from one person to another. Um, if we, for example, take um, take TED Talks, right, um, or TEDx, these are events where people share ideas that someone um, considers worth spreading. So it's not necessarily that um, I really want to make money with that um, with that gig. It's sometimes just really weird stuff, really great ideas that people share without. Um, an agenda of turning them into a profit. And sometimes other events, we go there because everything we do there is purely lead generation. We want to make people aware of what we do, aware of our offering. We want to connect with um, like-minded people, with people that might benefit from our services and products and so on. Um, and sometimes we approach these events like we categorize them in our head. Some of them are big, some are small, some are more important, some are maybe less important. Some are for profit, others not for profit. You know, it's all these different categories that we make up in our head that in the end frame how we show up. Um, mm. and, and, and how we show up is extremely important because it's what people see. If I, uh, if I stood on a stage... And in my head, it would be like, yeah, that's only 200 people in the audience. It's not even worth talking here. I just get over it and, and hop into the next airplane, right? It will show. People will see that I'm not fully invested. Whereas if the room is full, full of people um, and, and that room is very small and it's maybe only 50 people, but I'm fully engaged, it's all about the connection that I build with the people in the room. And it happens based on how I frame the, the event for me, how I frame a speaking engagement for me. It can be very small and very important. It doesn't have to be at a large conference. It can be a small Zoom meeting with three people. The, the question is, how do I show up and how do I engage with my audience? What am I, wh why am I here and how is it showing? In the end, you never know. If you, if you do public speaking for the reason, I, I would guess most people do it, meaning to further their public appearance, their brand, to do marketing, lead generation, you name it, um, then you never know where your next lead comes from. And that lead can come from a very, very small audience. So I guess bottom line here is it's in the framing. It's how you show up and... Um, it's not the audience. It's, it's not the size of the audience. It's not the renome of the event or anything like that. It's what you make out of it. And you can, you can just show up in the exact same way, whether it's online, offline, on a, on a physical stage, on a virtual stage, and no matter the audience size, if you know what I mean. Yeah, this concept of, of the narrative and the frame is, is really quite powerful. You know, I loved how you were talking about how it's how we frame it. And I know we were talking earlier about how so many people are speaking now. 
you know, people are doing so much public speaking. And I think, I don't know if you felt it, but everyone wants to speak, but maybe why they're speaking is because they think that it will be better for their authority or it will be is something that I should be doing for visibility. So it's all about that external framework yes. rather than connecting, like you were saying, with your why, with your group, with how you want to show up and being clear on that. Maybe it's even someone else telling you, you have to do this. This is something you need to do for your business to grow your authority, to um, grow the image of an expert in your field. That's not what it is. <laughs> Speaking is not for everyone. You can be an amazing subject matter expert in your field and you can still hate being a public speaker. Those two things can exist wonderfully <laughs> simultaneously. Um, and, and no one should be forcing you or rather, let me put it this way, you shouldn't force yourself based on someone else's opinion to actually start to speak in public. If it's not for you, it's not for you. If it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. As long as you dip your toe into it and, and check it out and find out that it is not for you, then you can just, yeah, just not do it if that's what you want. Mm. Yeah, because I think that, you know, when we're trying to do something that we're forced to do, we end up just being so frustrated and we become even more disconnected from our why. And then we're not fulfilled anymore because we're constantly swimming upstream. It's like, oh, I'm, I need to speak. I need to speak. Everyone's speaking. My, my, the, the, the thing, my coach told me I need to speak. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, all this expectation and pressure. And then it becomes, oh, I just feel the sense of, of frustration. It's like, this isn't me. I'm not. Yeah. I, or even if it is you, Alex, like you were saying, you know, you and I, we love the groove of speaking and it's definitely me. But if you were being forced to, you wouldn't even have the space to discover or you were dipping your toe in it. But you felt all this pressure that maybe you won't even enjoy it because you're following what other people are telling you without yeah. finding your groove, right? And this is especially true when it comes to understanding what format works for you. So for me, um, I don't run a podcast. I don't do LinkedIn spaces. I don't do a clubhouse. These are all public speaking opportunities, right? I am a regular guest on podcasts, but I'm not running my own. So there is a distinction between what I enjoy doing in the context of public speaking and what I don't enjoy. So not everything is for everyone. What I do love is standing on stages, um, virtual and, and physical, to talk about topics that truly matter to me, to people that I love to engage with. But I'm not willing to be everything to everyone using every um, tech that is out there. Um, sometimes things work for you from a content perspective, but they won't from a tech perspective. And other people, they might enjoy hanging out in clubhouse rooms, sharing their expertise with people there, but they may, maybe they are really not in, in, in tune with standing on a, on a physical stage at a conference. So we need to understand what works for us, not because someone else tells us, do this, do that. This is the latest thing you should definitely uh, get your hands on. Just understand what works for you and what doesn't. Hmm. 
and you know this is, this is so powerful i'm i'm loving what you're saying because i'm really integrating like you're saying that's where the power is 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 really integrating that it's so overwhelming alex there's so much out there it's like do i do linkedin lives do i do facebook lives do i do instagram lives do i do podcasts do i go on stage do i oh do facebook interviews so there is so much out there and your solution is so powerful is dip your toe but then in the end be consistent with what you enjoy and find out what that enjoyment is for you because otherwise like you said we're you know uh, Facebook lives might may not be for everyone. A podcast may not be for everyone. What is your passion? What is your groove? And stick with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm intrigued to find out, you know, what would you, a lot of people, they, they, they watch people and they think, oh, but you're not coming across as nervous. You have great energy. How is there a link between nervousness and excitement at all? Like, what would you say to somebody who's super nervous? They want to dip their toe in, but they're super, super nervous. I believe that nervousness and excitement is exactly the same thing. It comes okay. from um, a sense of something is about to happen, right? There, there will be something happening right now that I cannot control entirely. So it's this, it's this like, like a cliff diver. You stand on that cliff and you jump. You know that you can do this. You've done this before in a similar way, in a similar environment. But you are not 100% sure what happens once you actually immerse yourself into the experience. So the moment you hit the water as a cliff diver, um, you never really quite know what's underneath. You pretty sure you know but you never really know so and the same is true when you stand on stage when you talk to people um you read the room you know something about the audience you know why they're there um why they're here you know why you are here you know why what you will talk about but in the end this feeling of excitement it's all in the framing again when you go out mm. and be like i'm gonna have some fun with these people that gives you an entirely different um energy on stage then if you go out there and be like, I know my stuff, I know my stuff, this will work out, everything will be all right. So it's, it's really different how you just approach it from how, how you channel that excitement of there is something to happen that I cannot entirely control, either into um, nervousness or into a positive excite excitement. And um, I, I know how that feels when you stand there and be like, Oh my yeah, God, we all do, oh yeah. my God, oh my God. What if I mess up? What if I mess up? And every time it went completely different. It, 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 you, can't, you can only mess up if you actually think about messing up, if you don't even think about messing up. And if you concentrate on what you have to bring that is valuable to the audience. And if you engage with your audience early on so that you check with them regularly, are they with me? Are they on track? You won't lose your audience. And Every, every speaker's biggest fear of being grilled with questions that you cannot answer, it's not going to happen. You know your stuff. There's a reason why you stand on stage and not anyone else in the audience, because you are the expert. And as soon as you understand that um, you, and you embrace that, you will never 
be regarded as someone that is a failure if you speak on a topic that works for you. If you stand there and all of a sudden I would talk about, I don't know, um, Buddhism, no one would take me, no one would take me seriously because I have no clue about Buddhism. So stay with what you're really good at, what your passions are, and then just let the excitement rule, not the, not the fear that you might not be sufficient, that you might not be good enough, that you might lose your um, train of thought, etc. It's all in the framing in the beginning. It's not, it's not who's out there. It's not the, the, the size of the stage. It really doesn't matter. Hmm. It's like connecting with your unique value and your unique gift. You know, you're an expert in a particular, I would say that you're an expert in an area, not because you've studied it, but because you've experienced it because you've integrated it using your words, you know, you've experienced that problem and you've dipped your toe in it and you've learned those lessons. And now you're sharing your experience. And that's why you're on that stage because you're an expert in that particular experience. So it's, it's your value that the audience is going to connect with, not the value of somebody else. It's, it separates you from that space of, of comparison. And, you, you're right, Alex, we do, you do get into that space of wonder and excitement and, oh, I imagine how much fun I'm going to have sharing what's important to me, my idea that's worth sharing, like connecting with that space of, hey, this is me, I'm excited, I'm excited to show the world who I am. Mm-hmm. And it, it does, it feels, I can feel the energy lifting a little bit from that heavy nervousness to, oh, I'm excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. It's a little bit scary, but it's going to be fun. Let's have some fun together. I think There's a lot the of magic fun happens. in what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the magic happens when people, speakers, when people who want to speak, when they realize that people don't, they don't listen to you because of your expertise, <laughs> they don't mm. care. Expertise is abundant everywhere. You can read tons of books about every topic in the world. Um, you can study almost every subject. It's not about knowledge. People listen to you to hear your story. They listen to you because of you. They want to know about you, your personality. If you, if you wanna soak up knowledge, you don't necessarily listen to people. You read books, um, you listen to, um, I don't know, uh, courses, you, you study a topic if you want to know, if you want to know, right? Knowledge mm. is being conveyed through teaching. When people um, listen to speakers, of course, there is a certain spark of, can I, can I, does that person share the magic ingredient, right? We're always looking for the shortcut and for the magic exactly. ingredient. <laughs> but what they actually do is, they wanna, they wanna know you. They wanna, they wanna hear your story. That's why we read books. Um, for example, I'm not talking about textbooks now. I'm talking about, like, like any any kind of book that's out there. Really good books. Of course, they do have some content. Otherwise, they would be mm. absolutely useless. But when when you take a book about um, whatever topic um, and and you read it, the really good books. They have a story and they could only be written by that particular person. 
Yeah. Now, in my case, I work in the field of business strategy. I bet you there are tons of people out there that know more about business strategy than I do. Maybe because they are 30 years older than me and have been around for a very, very long time and have read tons of more books. Maybe because they are Stanford or Harvard professors that do nothing but study a certain subject um, day in and day out. Maybe because I don't know. It's just the way it is, right? My knowledge is only unique when I pair it with my experience. And only then it is valuable for someone because it can only come from me as a speaker in this very moment. And if we understand that embracing experience and, and knowledge as, as one thing, as, in, as an integrated person, basically, then we understand the excitement and not the fear within us. Because we know that's just us. No one else could do this the way we can. There is no one who is more knowledgeable because that's not important. The only thing that's important is that I take my knowledge and my experience as a person that I integrate them and that I share a compelling story that people can relate to and thereby learn. So even if you are not the, the, the biggest subject matter expert on a certain topic, don't worry, embrace the excitement and run with it because it's you that people seek, not your knowledge. Mm. That's a great quote. <laughs> it's you that people seek, not your knowledge. Because we, we often confuse what stops us from running is, is our thoughts. Yeah. Right? Is, is the, the oh, they go into overdrive. Like, like oh, what are people going to think? Uh, you know, is my knowledge enough? Am I an expert enough? And that's shifting the focus, isn't it? You, you're always talking about, focus on you, focus on your story, um, focus on that people are wanting your unique story and your unique experience. They're not wanting, you know, your, your, your knowledge and the textbook stuff. Isn't yeah, it? Is knowledge that knowledge can never saying? be unique. Knowledge can never be unique. Not, knowledge is knowledge because people know it, right? If no one knows it, it's not knowledge. Once you, once you learn something, once you study a subject, it's common knowledge. Um, mm. I mean, th the reason why we call something knowledge is because it's in more heads than just in one, right? Then when, when more people know something, then, then it, it becomes knowledge. Otherwise, it's just an idea or, or a thought or something that you came up with. So knowledge is never unique. You are unique as a person and what you do with that knowledge and the experience you gather based on some knowledge. So that, I mean... Knowledge is not unique. You are unique as a speaker, as a person. And that's, that's when, you, when you embrace that, then you realize what you can actually bring to an audience. It's not the knowledge. It's you as a person. I love this. I, I hope this is in your book, Alex. Is this no, it's in not. your book? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, can you write a second book? Is your is your first book? Um, what's your book's name so that those listening can can jump onto Amazon and and <laughs> grab it? Not I want yet, some of your yet. knowledge. <laughs> I want some of your knowledge, Alex. So <laughs> and my, your my book is not yet out there. The working title is uh, called the strategy. Book is called the Strategy Legacy. Um, it's all about my experience when it comes to practically working 
on designing and implementing business strategy for companies big and small. It's based on my 15 years in the field, but it's not knowledge that I share. I share um, experiences. I share processes and a framework that I designed that is unique. Um, but again, I, I think there are people out there that know more about business strategy than I do. Um, but I think reading the book will give you a unique perspective on how you can design and implement strategy from a practical perspective, because that's what I've been doing for so long. That's what, that's what makes the book interesting to read for people mm. once it's out there. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're definitely going to put those details in in the in the description of the podcast. So jump on over if you're interested in finding out more. And I know you're super good, Alex, in practical tips. And you've been doing a lot of speaking. So I, I'd love to hear if you have any practical advice for those who are wanting to dip their toe you know, who are wanting to find out if speaking is for them, who are wanting to balance nervousness and excitement, who are wanting to use their personality as a way of making that impact and difference. What practical tip would you say could be good for us to try out? I think I could easily say something like don't overthink, for example. But that's the <laughs> issue. When you overthink, you do yeah. overthink. Um, so I, I would just say, figure out what, what the reason is. Why do you want to speak? Is it lead generation, authority building, wh whatever it is? Do you want to make an impact on the world? Um, whenever you are clear on the reason why, you can find the right channels for, your, for speaking. And that can be a clubhouse room or it can be a physical stage on a, on a 5,000 people conference. It yeah. really doesn't matter. Um, but the only thing that matters is <laughs> that you find the right stage and not every stage is for everything. You need to be clear about that. So I think this is practical advice, number one. Um, the second advice is don't speak just because someone tells you to. Mm. You need to understand whether this is for you. There are so many people out there that are extremely knowledgeable in their area that never stood on a stage that never were in a clubhouse room you don't need to speak in order to build authority you don't need to do that there are so many other outlets that you can use in different channels to engage with your audience it doesn't have to be through public speaking yes it's a powerful tool yes 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 only if it's for you if you need to force yourself into it it's not for you. Let it go. If it doesn't sit right, it doesn't sit right. If it doesn't feel right for you, it's not the right outlet. I think this is also important to understand. Manage your own. Um, just be clear on what you want to achieve, why you want to speak. And if you realize it's not for you, let it go. Find a different channel. Mm. Yeah. Super powerful. I don't want this podcast to end, Alex. I'm like, let's come back, come back to like the third series of podcasts. I'd love to hear. <laughs> I'd love to hear more from you. And um, thank you. Thank you so much, Alex, for your time. I'm definitely integrating so many of what your what your um, thoughts have been. And 
as we complete, is there one last thing that you'd like to leave those listening with? Any final thoughts? Oh, yeah. Um, I think the, the, the biggest learnings for me when I realized that speaking is something that I enjoy is when I, when I first stood on a, on a fairly large stage and I realized that no framing in the world could help me. I was just so nervous um, to mess up that um, it unleashed an incredible energy. The moment I stood on that stage, I just, I just realized I need to let go. I, I didn't use my PowerPoint presentation that I had prepared. I just used a, a one sheet of paper with a diagram that I scribbled quickly on it. And then the magic happened from just engaging with the audience as much as possible. This was for me one of the biggest aha moments in my, in my, I don't want to say speaker career because I'm not a professional speaker. I'm a public speaker, huge difference. I don't, I don't earn my money by standing on stages, right? So that's a professional speaker. I use speaking as um, a means to engage with my ideal client. Um, so when, when I stood there and I realized it's not about my PowerPoint presentation, it's not about the content that I convey. People are here to listen and to, to engage with me. That's when the magic really happens. So speaking is not a one-way street. It's a conversation. It's a dialogue that happens. If you embrace that truly and deeply, you will always get more out of a talk than you put into it. Wow. Powerful words. Speaking is not a one-way street. It's a conversation with your audience. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure, Connelly. Well, I just absolutely loved when Alex mentioned that it's you people seek, not your knowledge. So thank you so much for joining us today. We really looked at some great tips and I'm left with really understanding that it's not a frame it's about just letting go and engaging with your audience from a space of your group so thanks again to alex for sharing all your words of wisdom my invitation to you between now and the next time that we connect is you really think about why it is that you want to speak are you somebody who's speaking for lead generation impact sharing an idea then what you do is you find a channel that is aligned with your groove so thanks so much for joining us. As always, I hope you've had an amazing time listening in. If you haven't already downloaded your A to Z guide of powerful public speaking tips, click in the link below and also connect with the fabulous Alex by looking at his details in the comments below. I'll see you next episode for more insights on how you can fully express all of who you are. I look forward to seeing you then. Cheers, guys. Bye.